Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking about our failures and the things that really suck <laughs> when it comes to building our businesses. And with me on the line and in the hot seat today uh, is Mark Netka, the CEO of STS Education. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. So, Mark, uh, why don't you quickly give us the elevator pitch uh, about STS and what you guys are up to? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, we want to be the bridge that connects communities of educators so that they can fill, uh, fulfill the promise of learning through technology. And we do that by um, selling a, a curated set of purpose-built for education products, services, and solutions. So we're focused on the K-12 market in North America. Uh, and it's mostly in classroom technology for students. Fantastic. So, Mark, what is your story of fail for today? Well, uh, my story of fail actually is uh, has the genesis at the beginning of my my um, company um, when I decided to start STS Education. We were actually. I actually had a, an existing company that was struggling. So I decided to partner with one of my vendors. And then in the process of that, I also decided to bring in a consultant uh, that I thought I knew uh, because we were um, we were friends in the neighborhood. Our, we coached our kids together in basketball. He was working with another friend of mine when I had approached him about, you know, helping helping me do some marketing um for my business he said he he did he wasn't for hire he only did deals where he um could earn he, he he made sure to emphasize the word earn a piece of equity in the business if what he did was successful and so we actually entered into a contract for him to be our chief marketing officer he didn't own any of the business um but we set certain um, milestone events that would trigger him being able to exercise an option for uh, a third of the business for a hundred bucks. Now, keep in mind, I had a business that was insolvent at the time uh, that I was trying to relaunch. And so my attitude was, well, you know, a third of something is better than a hundred percent of nothing. So um, I, um, gladly signed the deal and off we went. And we actually um, started off very successfully. We went to about four and a half million dollars in revenue in year one, nine million in year two. And um, then he came to us and said, um, I want to sign a new deal because I'm, I'm helping you be so successful. And I think I've already earned the equity, even though he hadn't met the milestone events. So I'm kind of this, uh, my attitude is always, I'm a spirit of the agreement guy. Like I know legally I didn't have to do anything, but in my mind, he was doing what he promised he would do. And I saw a path to getting to where we needed to go. So um, he shoved a piece of paper in front of me on a busy day. I didn't read it. I just signed it. And um, about six months later, found out that he had been stealing from us. And so we um, we fired him 
And that set off a five-year legal nightmare that cost us about a million and a half dollars. And we won, by the way. <laughs> but we still spent a hundred of a million and a half. So that, that's kind of my my epic fail. Awesome. <clears throat> so what did what did you learn from this experience? Well, I like to call it my expensive education. <laughs> um, so that's that's how I prefer to look at it, but um, rather than a failure, but clearly it's a failure. A couple of things I learned, uh, a, quite, a, quite a number of things. One, um, make sure you look into the people you're going to get in, into partnership with. Turns out that this person was one of the largest tax debtors in California, and the reason he wanted to sign a deal where he got money upon a liquidation event is really what he wanted. He didn't want to exercise the option until there was a liquidity event is because he owed so much money to, to the state of California for back taxes. But I didn't know that because I never, I never checked. So that's lesson one, check uh, into everyone you're going to partner with before you do um, Two, uh, read everything you sign <laughs> clearly. <laughs> right. Um, think about the, um, the end at the beginning, right? When you are zero and you have zero to split, there's never an argument about who's in control, what money you're going to take out of the business. The arguments only start after the business is worth something uh, because now you have something to lose. And what you find is that everyone feels their contribution was the greatest. Of course. Everyone thinks they contributed more than 50% you know, um, and so they deserve more. And that's rarely the case. Um, and what's the last thing I learned? Oh, you can lose and still win. You can win and still lose, I guess is the point, right? We won our case, it's, but it sucked five years of my life away and cost me a million and a half dollars and do lots you, of sleepless nights. Yeah, I'm sure that's actually the point, right? So do you feel that chasing the win was worth was worth the loss. I know there's like the the financial stuff, right? In other words, you you didn't want to commit to that agreement, but is is there a time where you feel that you should just I know your context is very different to what I'm about to say, but should, is there a time where you should not go and fight it and just go Yes, up? I mean, I've had I've had events after the fact and I paid even though I knew it wasn't wrong just because I didn't want to deal with it. And I, my lawyers would have cost me more than, than the settlement. Right. But in this case, um, he wanted a piece of the company and I didn't want to be partners with a, a crook. Um, we did offer to settle, but he thought he was going to win. And so he kept refusing. Luckily for me, the lawyer he picked was a bigger crook than him. And he ended up losing his option to the lawyer who we ended up having to buy it back from for a couple of hundred grand because that guy didn't <laughs> want to part of my company. He wanted to get paid. So, <laughs> so it's a really funny story at the end. But um, one other lesson I, I learned um, because obviously I had to hire a lawyer and he was a great lawyer. Don't get me wrong, but um, he was the type of lawyer where he knew he was smarter smarter than everybody else and he was an antagonist to the other lawyers and so the case eventually became about the other lawyer wanting to be my lawyer not about 
me and what was right with us. And so I think that dragged on the case a little bit as well, right? Fine. Don't let the lawyer make it about themselves. Control the narrative and, and make them do what you're paying them to do. Preach. Preach, Mark. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> so, Mark, if you could go back in time and, and do things differently, what would you do differently? One, I'd, I'd uh, look into the background of, the, of this person before I signed a, a contract that um, was going to force me to give up a third of my company. I'd probably also just write a smarter contract. I let him write it. I didn't even use a lawyer, um, you know, because we don't want to spend money on lawyers when we have nothing, right? Um, and so I think I could have probably achieved the same thing I wanted to with him, but had legal wiggle room if he was a crook, right? Just because... The problem was, right, his contract said he was owed a third of the company upon giving me a $100 check. It didn't say unless he's a crook, right? So, yes, he might have been a crook, but you signed a contract that has nothing to do with that. So that's kind of where we saw it kind of going. Luckily, we, you know, he had made some other mistakes we were able to capitalize on. But so, yeah, I think I think it's it's smart to hire a lawyer to re, to review at least the uh the legal documents you're about to sign and they're paid to, to find all the holes and, and things that might go wrong and um you can always say no to them but at least you get their opinion i know and a lawyer a good lawyer is worth the money i've found that's right yeah don't that's don't correct. don't skimp you know like don't uh, don't try and cut corners and download templates and think you can like privacy policies on websites are fine maybe but uh, don't try and draft your own terms of service. It's a bad idea. And that goes the same for even just your um, your shareholder agreement and your bylaws. A lot of CPAs will, when you start and incorporate your company, will just download a templated set of bylaws from the state website and hand it to you. Um, but, you know, those don't cover things like if I had in my shareholder agreement that if you if you declare bankruptcy or you're insolvent or the or you owe a bunch of taxes, you have to forfeit your shares. I could have avoided some of these problems, right? But those those things weren't in there because it was a very basic set of documents. So, Mark, what is your advice to CEOs who want to reach the kind of level of scale that you guys are at? You guys are doing a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. What's your advice to a entrepreneur who's looking to achieve the kind of growth and, and size of company that you guys at? I mean, personally, you know, when I started my business, I couldn't envision we get to close, you know, to a hundred million in revenue. And certainly I never had experience running a company this large, right. Or managing all the people we're managing, you know, over a hundred employees in multiple States. Um, you know, dealing with five different lawyers and CPAs. So I think what's enabled me to grow in the job, first of all, you should, as a CEO, you have to be um, very introspective, right? Um, you've got to kind of take ego out of it because I know there's a point in time probably where we'll get to a, a large enough size where I'm not the right CEO for the company. And so I'm very aware of that. But in the meantime, I read a lot because I have to stay educated and you have to, you have to be educated. The larger you grow, the bigger, the, the bigger, the problems They're they're kind of the same problems. You just become bigger. Um, for instance, until we hit hundred million, I never had to worry about things like sexual harassment lawsuits, but all of a sudden, you know, we're a target, 
right? And so I have to change policies about drinking at trade shows and things of that nature um, because of our size and the fact that, you know, when I'm little, people probably wouldn't even bother even if there was a case because there's nothing to have. But now that we're large enough, you know, they're, they're going to speak up. So that's just one example. Um, but, you know, reading a lot, um, evolving as you start managing people, if you don't want to work 90, 100 hours a week, you better make sure you're training people to help you run the day-to-day business. Yeah. And so we've done a lot of that. We've experimented with an entrepreneurial operating system. Uh, we're a great game of business company. So lots of things to try to develop leaders. Mark, are there any tools or resources that you recommend other entrepreneurs should use in their daily journey? I mean, just first, just reading, like start with why one of one of the greatest books, there's a great book by Ben Horowitz called uh, the, the Hard Thing About Hard Things, which is just an awesome book for CEOs. Um, and then, um, you know, things like uh, Traction, which is the EOS system or Great Game of Business, which is an open book management uh, book on, ha- on how to run your business and get people engaged. Um, those are the things that I am interested in because I enjoy my time with my family and I enjoy taking vacations and not worrying about work. And so I think the only way you can do that is to empower the people who work for you, but you have to train them to make the right decisions. Yeah, exactly. Lots to get into today with that one, Mark, but I'm just cognizant of time. But thank you for being on the Secrets of Fail series. I know your story certainly resonated with me. I don't want to be in that situation, let me tell you. (laughs) So thank you for being on the Secrets of Fail series, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Bye.